Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me for a Steelers Q&A, a special wildcard weekend edition, is Dave Schofield, deputy editor. What's up, Dave? Hey, Jeff. I'm just now i got to wait six more days for more football, but uh, it was nice to at least watch something this weekend, although it was just kind of sad the whole time. Absolutely. And it always is whenever the Steelers are not a part of the postseason, which they haven't been in the last two years. And um, I, I titled this episode and figured it'd be our first talking point is as, as I was watching these wild card game week, wild card weekend games, the slate of games, I kept on thinking to myself, man, what if, you know, just like, what if you Devlin Hodges didn't completely fold like a cheap lawn chair? What if, you know, you could even go back to what if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't get hurt in week two. Okay. That, that's that's a that's a long ways away, but still, it's uh, it was a situation where, especially in the AFC, and I wrote this article considering which which by the way, Dave, a, a little quick beef with the NFL. Okay, why in the world are they doing both AFC on Saturday and both NFC on Sunday? Is that new? It has that, to be new because that's I don't new ever... as long as my, I remember. I've always remembered it was one of each each day. Exactly, and it, it, I hate how they do that because for me, I'm, I was super invested on Saturday, considering we cover an AFC team, and then today was just kind of like, Meh, it's yeah. the NFC. But yeah. still, um, I, I guess when I looked at the AFC picture, boy, the, the AFC is wide open. I mean, it is wide open and it's funny ali says this um when i titled this episode i knew that lance's yeah i said it what ifs are for losers is definitely hey the steelers are what their record indicates they're eight and eight they didn't make the playoffs so therefore they are losers just like um 20 other teams coming into this weekend and now there's even more so uh yeah at this point in time wild card weekend is now over the divisional round is set dave just real quick thoughts on the wild card games in general and your overall thoughts on this? I thought, well, it's funny, and I didn't realize how bad the first half of the first game was until you said something. Because I was busy. <laughs> I was busy doing other stuff, and I had to, you know, uh, depends which part of the house I'm working in. Um, I was in the kitchen, so I had the game on, doing some other stuff. Didn't realize that it was that bad until you said something, because I just remember that second half and how great it was. And then I was really invested in the in the – in the eight o'clock game, very much so. So yesterday was fantastic of just some really good, especially the finishes. And then it started off today with, with another impressive finish, um, kind of followed up with a little bit of a, of a letdown with the final game. The game was, I, I still can't believe that the Patriots just completely, <laughs> I mean, I was loving it. I was loving every second of it and listening to, Tony Romo and Jim Nance trying to wax poetic about the potential ending of a dynasty at the end of the game. And I thought I loved how there was the pick six and all that stuff. And um, it, it was a situation where go ahead. Good. Ahead. I have to ask the, I mean, my, my wife loved this. Please tell me you saw on Twitter, the pick six to the Titanic theme music. <laughs> no, I oh, I, I bet you I watched it eight times. <laughs> It was it was great, and they timed it perfect right whenever he made the catch. It was wonderful. I love it when they do that. My my wife thought that was great. You know that the the it, internet it is it undefeated. Up. The internet yeah. is undefeated because I, I I don't know how many 
uh, videos I saw of Bills fans trying to break tables and failing and <laughs> either the table didn't collapse or they just kind of bounced off. It's it's tremendous time that we live in right now, the internet and, and everything. But still, um, I guess what surprised me the most about the Patriots game was that how do you, I guess the Steelers similar story could be sung or said in week 17, which is, you know what they're going to do. You just got to go stop it. You know, Derrick Henry is the, the way that they were going to try to beat them. And he ran all over him. He yeah. ran all over him. And so now everyone's talking about the speculation of Tom Brady and will he, or won't he return to new England next year? And will he retire? But let me ask you this, Dave, bigger upset, Tennessee over New England and Foxborough or Minnesota over the Saints in New Orleans? Personally, I'm going to say Minnesota over the Saints because I actually picked Tennessee to beat New England. I, I just had a feeling it was because I watched so much of that game with the, with the Dolphins the week before because I wanted to see them not get a first round bye. So I, I'm like, this doesn't seem to be the same team that, I saw earlier in the season. So I thought Tennessee, if they went in there and just pounded the ball, that they could go in and beat them. Now it's the, the bigger numbers upset. I, I think it actually was the Minnesota game. I'd have to bring it back up and just to say they were right around the same. So either way that with that six over a three, both six beat the beat the three, which tells you everyone was saying, Oh, you get in, you'll get embarrassed. All you got to do is, is punch your ticket. All you got to do is get in because look, look at both of the last two teams, you know, one from each conference that made the playoffs got to win. Well, and this is a situation this weekend where the seedings didn't necessarily match up with being favored. For instance, the Eagles were home underdogs. Yes. That was the yet, one home underdog. Uh, yet they were the higher seeded team due to winning their division. Yes. Um, but, you know, hey, kudos to Seattle. Go across the country. You didn't have to worry about Carson Wentz. It's the last time, I swear, that is the last time I ever play Carson Wentz and Fandle. <laughs> he has burned me so many times. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, here he is. He's never played in a playoff game. He's playing good football. He's been protecting the football. Maybe this is that one time that he comes out and even maybe if he, heck, even if he and Russell Wilson got into a shootout, that's fine for me because that's fantasy points. Yes. And the guy just cannot stay on the football field. I kind of felt for him a little bit, not too much, but still tough, tough blow there. And um, I have you seen the Saints fans are already just up in arms about the uh, pass interference or would be pass interference on was it was Rudolph, wasn't it? Yes, it was Kyle Rudolph where he I'll be honest with you, it I don't I personally think it didn't look like pass interference full speed, but it did in slow motion in my opinion. You know, you I I agree 100%. Watching it live, it didn't seem like it was bad and I'm going to say Nick Wright who is on Fox and he's also on Mad Dog Sports Radio, which is a station I listen to a lot on my way to and from work. He brought up a good point about replay. He said that at its purest form, it made sense. You know, like in baseball, if a guy is stealing second and it's clear that he beat the tag, you challenge it and then you're fine. He said, but then when you're taking that same play and you're breaking it down to the smallest minutia of when there's that one millisecond, that one frame in high definition where his 
thigh is off the bag and the, the tag is applied and therefore he's out. He goes, I don't like that. I feel like that's when you're kind of abusing the system. That's what it's turning into in the NFL as well. And it has been for years, you know, I mean, yes. Did Rudolph extend his arm? Yeah, absolutely. He did. Yeah. But like you said, it looked like they were just hand fighting when it was live. I guess I, I don't like the thought of taking the human element out of it because that's part of sports. Just like, Players drop passes. Julian Edelman drops a third. Oh, and that six. was that you know, was a I big mean, one. That's a human element of sport, and that's something I don't want to see gone in any sport, whether it's Major League Baseball in the strike zone, whether that's the NFL. I'm hoping that the NFL says, you know what, we're we're scrapping the pass interference challenges this offseason. It was a it was a colossal failure, in my opinion. They I, I, they tried, it just didn't work out. What are your thoughts? Okay, well. In replay in general. Well, first of all, back back to the Rudolph play real quick. That was going to be a play that I'm surprised. They didn't review it because they didn't want to extend the end of the game any longer. They probably could have reviewed it, but I don't think that's a play, no matter how they call it one way or the other, that they would reverse it. But how? So, how de- but just real quick, how depressing is that, though? You know, yeah, you're, you're, exactly. Rudolph has a game-winning touchdown, and everyone is standing around waiting. Jeff, I, I hate it. That's how I feel with the stadium now. That's and right. I've said that so many times. You're at the stadium every time, like when um when, when Minka Fitzpatrick picked up the fumble and returned it against the Rams. Yeah, I'm starting to cheer. And then I'm like, nah, I'm not, it's not worth it. They're like, why? I said, because they're probably going to overturn it on replay. Yeah, and then next thing you know, they're kicking an extra point, and I'm like, I just missed my celebration. And I just <laughs> assumed that it was going to get overturned because you know we didn't have the luxury of of the. Of the video thing now, it's like, oh, got to wait to see if there's a challenge. I'll got to wait to see if they're going to overturn it. And and that is frustrating. But I think the pass interference, particularly that the reviewing, that changed completely when they screwed it up in the Steelers-Seahawks game. Did you notice that when they screwed that up and they overturned one that was not obvious, you know, where it, or even the commentators saying, no, they got this they got this call right on the field. I don't even know why Pete Carroll challenged it. And then they overturn it. And then everyone was up in arms. That's when they kind of backed off and said, you know, we're not going to change anything for like the next 10 weeks. And they went forever until they overturned another one because of that. So the, the heart of it makes sense, but the implementation of it is terrible because the guy you have in charge of it in New York is just incompetent in my opinion. So, but then again, I've had a problem with him for years and years and years because Jesse James caught that ball and all kinds of other things. Um, but that, that is the big thing with replay is it really does take away from it now that you just got to wait because then, th- then it's the way they do it. Like for example, um, was it today? There was a touchdown scored that wasn't a touchdown. I think it was, I think it was Cook's first touchdown for the Vikings. He was short, but they called it a touchdown because then it could be reviewed. But then when they go to review it, there was a player standing in the way and they couldn't definitively say he was short. So the call stands. So they tell them to let it go and make a call that's more likely to be reviewed. And then that's not the right call because they can't overturn it just because they don't have the right angle for it. Well, and that's the thing. Like I was watching with my wife and I said that the key here is that the call on the field was ruled a touchdown. And so when it's ruled a touchdown, you need enough visual evidence to overturn it. And it was a, just a giant scrum of bodies. Like you said, there's no way they could see it nor. And it's, 
I guess here's my thing is that, you know, Saints fans have an argument. Uh, they have a, they have a gripe. Steeler fans would be livid if, if it were, if they were in their shoes, but it's an imperfect science period. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. You want to get the call correct. And you're doing like you suggested, they called it a touchdown on the field to make sure it could be challenged and reviewed. Yeah. It just isn't always the best thing. You know what I mean? So exactly. It, because then you need too much evidence to overturn it when really it wasn't the right call. Cause then there's no way the official saw the ball go across the goal line. He just assumed it did because he didn't have a view of it. Yeah. And so now, you know, with wildcard weekend wrapped up, you look at Couple, couple of the matchups coming up, and, and we'll talk about these on our preview show this upcoming week. But um, I, I think if anything, if I've learned anything from this uh, this weekend of games is that you don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. I, I know Raven fans are just all around here. They're so happy because the Patriots lost, and they think that they're just going to be able to cruise on into the AFC Championship game. They might, but it's not going to be easy. I don't think so. I don't think the Tennessee Titans, they have a brand of football that I think I think they match up well with Baltimore, don't you think? Uh, yeah, but the biggest concern is, is now granted he didn't need to and he came through in a big way when they had to with the great conversion to the tight end when they needed another first down. But, I mean, Tennessee had less than 100 yards passing in that game. So can can they can they do that part of the game if they have to? Uh, and hopefully they don't. I mean, bottom line is they're not a team that's that's built to come come from behind in a big way. If they get if they get down by a lot. But I will say this: leading up to the playoffs, Tannehill was red hot. Yeah, you know, and that passing attack it was was good. I from everything I've gathered from what I've read and, and heard is that the, the game plan was we're not going to have Tannehill air it out unless we absolutely have to, and they didn't have to. Yeah, they haven't so, had to. So it, it'll be interesting to see that game, and then you have. The Texans going to Kansas City, that should be another good one. Uh, what day of the? Do you know the day of the week of those games? I know they split them up this time. Yes, um, uh, the Baltimore game is Saturday night. Okay, so that means that the AF the that the um, Kansas City game should be, and and they bumped the times back this weekend to be on Sunday to match them to what they'll be. That's something new this year, what they're going to be for the AFC and NFC championship game. So I think it's a three and a six forty five. I think okay. is what they are. And the, I'm pretty sure the Kansas city Houston is the three and, and um, Seattle and green Bay is the, is the six thirty, six twenty, six forty, whatever it's going to be. Let me just say right away. I hope the Ravens lose. God, God, that would <laughs> that would make the the rest of my playoffs with the Patriots out of it. If the if the Ravens were to lose, I could just sit back and just watch football and have like, yeah, whoever wins wins. I could care less, you know. Titans, sure. Kid Chiefs, yeah, why not? Um, doesn't matter. Uh, and I know that a lot of people uh, will say things like, "Oh, that's that's so immature that you're rooting against someone." I don't care. I, I can't stand the Ravens. <laughs> and We've and people weren't that. rooting against the Patriots. Come on. Everyone was rooting against the Patriots. <laughs> Everyone was rooting against the Patriots. I yeah. saw a pie chart online and it had this it was all blue. And then there's a small silver sliver of of light blue. And mm -hmm. it said people rooting against the Patriots were the blue, and then the light blue were Titan fans. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. So it, it just for me, you know, I we live in Maryland. I know that the last time we talked about this on our preview show, there were a lot of Ravens fans that were, you know, commenting on the YouTube video and you guys are a bunch of haters. 
yeah, yes, I am a hater. You know, I have no problem being a hater because they're haters too. Yeah, well, yeah, you're rivals. Well, why would I root for the my uh, the, my favorite team's biggest rival? You know, the the Patriots are done. I was I watched every second. I was ecstatic. Yes. See you later, Tom Brady. I don't have to look mm. at your face and freaking Belichick. Listen to him mumble about the you know. It just I, I can't stand it. What was so, that again? Exactly. Ron to Cincinnati. Ron to Cincinnati. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, is that he's so accustomed to saying that we're on to wherever he is. Literally, and the post game show after the loss, I'm watching ESPN, and he says, "You know what? It's a fresh, so fresh, you know, loss and." You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna focus on this game. Focus on what game? Your season's over. <laughs> <laughs> and oh people think God. Mike Tomlin doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Talk to Brian Davis. He's the one that says yeah. he doesn't say anything. Well, I, I just think that you know that it's going to be fun to watch, and I think that it's uh, like Frank said, we're on to the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're on. To I the- like it. <laughs> oh man. One. You know, it, Jerry brings up a good point here because now all of a sudden we're looking at some definite turnover at quarterback, the quarterback position across the board. He said, so funny how Choker Breeze never gets caught after throwing his team under the bus like Ben supposedly does. Breeze did it again today, blaming wide receiver route for his latest fumble choke. You know, that it is interesting how the media handles different quarterbacks in different ways, if you know what I mean. And Drew yeah. Breeze is like the super all-american guy he's got the all the boys and the, they're all very visible and and hey i love drew Brees. i think he's a great guy but at the same time in terms of success as a team hasn't had much of it you know i mean only been to one super bowl right dave yep. and then they yes. won but i saw the comparisons between sean payton and mike tomlin uh just before we went on the air where someone had it on twitter and it's almost almost exactly the same yeah, and both coaches have had the benefit of having a future Hall of Fame quarterback for that yeah. for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees, his future is uncertain in New Orleans, and Tom Brady's future is uncertain in New England, not to the same magnitude. But Philip Rivers in LA with the Chargers don't know, they don't know what they're going to do with him. We could be seeing, well, we Eli Manning is Eli Manning, but yeah. we could be seeing a really big cycle taking place with the quarterbacks. If it hasn't really, wouldn't you say that might've already happened though? Well, I actually have an article that I've, I'm almost completely finished. That will be for tomorrow. It's, it's about, is there a changing of the guard specifically in the AFC in the quarterback position? Because you have to go back to 2002 to get a quarterback from the AFC in the Super Bowl That wasn't named Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, or Joe Flacco. And you have to throw Flacco in there. He's only been to one, but he was in the middle of all that. So so this was kind of a comparison of you got the four quarterbacks left and you've got the four quarterbacks that have that that I mean, when who wasn't 2002? Was it Rich Gannon? Wasn't that wasn't that it was because it was Uh, um, I think the right the Raiders and the and the Bucks. That was a that was the O2 season, wasn't it? I believe it was, or or it might have been the year before that. I, yeah. I get confused because then the Super Bowl happens the next year. Like the Super Bowl right. is going to be played in 2020, but it's from the 2019 season. So exactly. sometimes that I'm I'm not as straight with that as as Brian Anthony Davis is. But 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 look at that. Do we have a changing of the guard with that? Are of those of the four quarterbacks remaining? 
who's more likely to win in the next three? I mean, obviously one of them is going to the Super Bowl this year. How many of them are more likely going to the Super Bowl in the next three years versus those four other guys? Because we know Peyton Manning's out. He's been retired yeah. four years. Is Tom Brady done? Can Ben Roethlisberger come back and make one last push? I mean, I think – I mean, is Joe Flacco even going to be around next year? So it's just – it. Uh, we're either – it either is starting this year or we're having a little bit of a crossover right before we really jump into it in the next two years. Yeah, and it, it kind of – I know at least I can't speak for everyone out there listening, but for me, you kind of – it, it makes you hit the pause button a little bit. You're, you're saying to yourself, coming into the season, Dave and myself were on the same page with Mason Rudolph potentially being the next quarterback for the Steelers. And I'm not I'm not sure that that isn't uh, still a possibility. But at the same time, he didn't really play that way this year. And you're looking around the division even with Baker Mayfield, who I'm not crazy about him and his prospects, but the Browns feel like they have a, a quarterback of the future. You have Lamar Jackson. You you figure that the Bengals are going to draft Joe Burrow from LSU, and then that leaves the Steelers. You know, I mean, yeah. so you're kind of sitting there thinking, "Wow, boy, I hope I I, I hope that number seven can come back and be number seven. You yeah. know, because if not. Do you do you have faith that Mason Rudolph could be the next guy? Um, well, let's just say this: if we want to look at someone who's still in the playoffs in the AFC, like a Ryan Tannehill, who who just finished his seventh season and is now getting to a point where he has a team that's in contention, I would say that Rudolph was started his career. I don't think he was worse than what Tannehill was to start because Tannehill was pretty bad. Um, but if it takes him seven years to get there, it's going to be <laughs> a long. A, a very sufferable for us Steeler fans. Yeah, it could be rough. Could be yeah. rough. I, I want to give a shout out to Kirk Cousins, man. Uh, that throw that he made to Adam Thielen. Oh my! What a throw! And for a guy that's been, you know, we live in in the DC metro area. If you want to extend it that far, um, and he's that guy's been just ripped to shreds by the media for not being able to win the big game. Everyone talks about his zero and nine Monday Night Football record, but boy, when the chips were down and he needed a big play, he delivered. And what a throw, what a catch. Um, I kind of wondered if they, if they were going to run their bang their head into the wall three straight times, and thankfully they threw on third down. But I just want to give a quick shout-out to Kirk Cousins. I've always kind of liked Kirk Cousins. Um, he was People forget he was drafted the same year as RG3. Yeah, they went and, quarterback second overall yeah. and then another one in the fourth round because – Shanahan didn't want RG3. He wanted Cousins, so he yeah. took him too. So it, it, it's crazy to think about their career tra trajectories and and where they are and things of that nature. So it's definitely um, definitely interesting. And I just want to mention here, Mike brings it up. He says, we, should, we, meaning the Steelers, should tank for Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Uh, the no. Steelers are not going to tank for, you know, they, they're not going to tank for anyone. And nor would you have – how would you tank with this defense? Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's turn back the clock because what about those teams that when he decided to go back for another year that they thought maybe they should tank for Matt Leinert or Matt Barkley? You know, some of those – no, who was it? It was Barkley that was – they said would have been the number one overall. He, he went back to school and then didn't even get drafted in the first round. Yes, you know, I think you're right. Some of those guys that would have been better that you're like, oh, they're going to be so good next year when they come out. And I mean, come on, would 
Who thought Joe Burrow was going to be the guy this year? It was tanking for Tua. Everyone was tanking for Tua. And now everyone's talking about Joe Burrow. You don't you don't even know the guy that you think could be the guy that's going to be big in next year's draft could be, but a lot of times he's also not. Well, yeah, I mean, let's if you look at um who would you say in, in terms of this young quarterback class that or these this younger generation of quarterback, who would you say are the top three? Top top three. If we stick just to the AFC, all three of them are left because I would go with uh, Mahomes, Jackson, and Watson. Okay. Now, so, if we expand it out, then I'm trying to – does the NFC have – I don't know that they have the young the, – the newest don't. younger they guys. Don't. No, they don't. I mean, because if you think about the quarterbacks that are still in, you have Russell Wilson, who's not mm-hmm. young anymore. Nope. Uh, Jimmy G's not young. People think he's young, but he's not. He's not. He, sat, he sat behind Brady for a long time. Aaron Rodgers isn't young. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's not, but let's, let's go back to those young quarterbacks that you mentioned. So Lamar Jackson, the Ravens pick him what? 32nd yep. or the tail end of the first round. It was 30 Every, second. Everyone passed on Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes was considered by a lot, a large margin to be the second or third best quarterback prospect. And then the, the chiefs came out of nowhere and that was the same draft as Trubisky for the bear, the bears. Wasn't it? Where the the Bears jumped up and got him, him like two. second overall, and then Mahomes ends up going fourth or fifth because the Chiefs no, tried to get him. Was it fourth or fifth? Well, was it Mahomes and Watson that were in the same draft? I thought it was Mahomes and Trubisky. I'm sure someone will well, um, because yeah, I'm trying to remember because I know Watson went tenth, didn't he? Damian Wright is saying Mahomes, Jackson, and Watson were all in the same class. I didn't J- think Watson. Jackson wasn't no. Lamar Jackson was was with the class with with Baker Mayfield and Darnold and Allen and and um yeah oh, right yeah so it's not Jackson so I guess but if the, you I, meant in the same classes and they're all in the same class of quarterback yes but not in the same draft class. right 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 okay. I guess the, the thing that I look at when I look at these quarterback prospects is that although people thought that Mahomes was good and he had a really strong arm, no one saw this coming except for obviously the chiefs. Andy Reed. Andy <laughs> Reed. You know, I mean, but seriously, a lot of that has to be getting the right player in the right place. Yeah. Think about it. Do you, <laughs> would Lamar Jackson have worked with Randy land? <laughs> what if they, what if, what if the Steelers <laughs> drafted Lamar Jackson instead of Terrell Edmonds? And this year, it would have been him coming in with everything would because that's what's so that, that's what you have to commend the Ravens for. This is their the offense they're running is not the offense of their offensive coordinator. He's just good enough to adapt to whatever players he has. Randy Feigner is not because he had 14 games to adapt and he didn't change a thing except trying to run the Wildcats. Yeah. So if Lamar Jackson would have been drafted by the Steelers in this situation with that offensive coordinator. You wouldn't, he, he's not an all pro. Yeah. And now he's all pro. You know, we, we list off quarterbacks too. When we're talking about quarterbacks like Mahomes and Trubisky, there are more misses than hits. When we're talking about quarterbacks yeah. by far, look at a guy who's on the Steelers roster right now, Paxton Lynch, you know, first round draft pick. And he was, he never panned out. And I, I can't say that he didn't get an opportunity in Denver, but it's just a, a situation where, like you said, it has to be the right quarterback and the right system. 
And if they can get all those ducks in a row, then you have a legitimate shot at not having to worry about the quarterback position for, you know, it's, it's all about that rookie window, you know, yeah. um, winning when they don't cost a lot of money. You so know, you can they, spend your money on the people to put around. Exactly. Them. But you know, that the, it, everyone's got to pay eventually. It's like uh Ted DiBiase. Everyone's got a price. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The million dollar man with Mahomes is going to get paid. And when he gets paid, the rest of the team is going to have to take a hit in some way, shape or form. You don't go out and get that big free agent. You can't sign that receiver like T like Tyreek Hill to a long-term deal that you wanted. It it's just the nature of the beast. And the and salary he is going to get paid. As he I should. Mean, he's going to get, yeah. I mean, he's, well, he's, I don't even know what records he's going to break, but it's, it's going to smash everything whenever he gets his new contract. Well, yeah, and that's that's what I hate about when I think it was a Mr. Third and Fifth, Antonio Brown, when he got his extension, he one of his big things was I wanna have I wanna be the most I wanna have the most money at my position. Like that was a big thing for him. And I never understood it because for what are you gonna have it for? A a, a month? A, yeah. a season, maybe. You know, it's it's kind of like in baseball when you look at those ridiculous contracts that they they sign and you had Bryce Harper sign the four hundred million dollar deal. And what happens a week later? Mike Trout gets like four oh five. And so it was like, wow, you really broke the bank and waited one week and then you you know you don't have that claim to fame. But I guess some of these guys are egotistical well, and that's that matters. And I honestly I think that was one of the biggest downfalls of Mr. Third and Fifth was that he, he was wanted to sign that contract to be the highest paid receiver. But the next year, I mean, and he signed for five years and he couldn't stand that he had to wait four seasons because that's how long you're going to have to wait to, to you go while other people start passing him. He couldn't he couldn't stand it, but he but that's what he agreed to. And that was the problem. He, he, he just couldn't handle it. And the Steelers got the best of that deal. And they, they got the best of him since they, since he was drafted in the sixth yeah. round. They um, always had the fourth, they always had the fourth site to sign him to deals that were ahead of the curve. And then they yeah. played backwards. Well, did you see um, it put out there about how he was, he was the curse over the last two weeks because any teams that were mildly associated with him are done. Steelers, did, Steelers didn't make <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Raiders didn't make it last week. Then the Bills who tried to trade for him, they lost. Saints brought him in for a workout, lost. Patriots had him for a week, lost. So Can didn't matter where he would have been. Ravens show some interest between now and then. What that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, you know, the thing is with, with me and I'll ask you this question, but we talk about contracts and it's something I wanted to bring up eventually this off season. Anyways, you, the Steelers have that rule where they're not going to negotiate contracts during the season. They don't negotiate contracts unless it's a quarterback before uh, a year left on their current deal. You ever wish that the Steelers did things differently from a contractual standpoint, meaning, you know, a player that, you know, I don't know, Bud Dupree. You, maybe because you you see it all the time at the end of the season where teams negotiate new deals with guys and you see all these news going across the wire that so-and-so just got a new three-year extension and blah, blah, blah. Do you wish they did things different? Um, Yes and no. It would be nice if they make that good signing when they really need to. But once they do it once, then saying that they don't do it is out the window. Well, so right. you, you either got to stick to it and do it 
or just say we're not going to do business that way anymore. So, so I mean, but look, someone like Bud Dupree, he could sign a new contract right now because their season's yeah. done. Yep. So now's the time that they need to be talking. So I'm sure they are. I, I guarantee you that Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, a bunch of other people, Mike Tomlin even, have a general idea as to what Bud Dupree and his agent are thinking in terms of, okay, if we're going to sign a long-term deal, here's the years, here's the annual salary that we're looking for, and they'll know whether they can work with it or whether it's going to be too much. But uh, there are times where I wish the Steelers were able to you know, I, I, you don't take such a hard stance on things like we don't negotiate during contracts during the season, because if, if a player is worth it, you, you want to do whatever you can, but you typically have that window, like you said, where you can obviously get contracts done after the season. So um, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. <laughs> Some people are talking about Antonio Brown's rap video. I refuse to watch that. I refuse. I had to watch way too many Le'Veon Bell rap videos. I'm not watching anyone else's. So, um, Dave, uh, before we call it a show, we did, we just want to recap wild card weekend and give some people some content, a chance to, you know, uh, I guess if people want to ask dealer questions, they can, we'll answer some questions, but anything else pop out to you after wild card weekend? Uh, it's funny because in watching some of those games, it, it makes you sad because you realize, man, if just if the Steelers just would have gotten in and you saw how some of those games really ended up being a defensive struggle. But I I look at some of those games, especially as it went to overtime, teams had the ball, they had to come back and tie it, things like that. I'm like, I don't know that I would have had confidence in the Steelers' offense that they could have got the ball with two minutes left, needing a field goal to tie it, and they could have done it. So um, – I, I still think people that said, oh, we're better off better off not making the playoffs are crazy because they just showed both six both six seeds won. Both of them won. So that means the last team that made it in won. So it doesn't so it doesn't matter. Just get in and then see what you can do. So that's just kind of kind of I mean, what it could have should have. I'm at I'm at the point now that I'm like, yeah, let's let's try to get this offense revamped for next year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Carswell puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar and says, "Should the Steelers entertain Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup?" He's still under contract with Miami for next year. Is he? Um, well, at least I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm going by um, someone I bumped into the store this week who's a big Dolphins fan that told me that. I didn't go check it myself, but I was told that he had he, that that. That when he signed this past year it was technically a two-year deal, but you know, you know how they do two-year deals. They don't necessarily keep him around for that second year. But uh, I think as of right now, he is still with the Dolphins. Snowman puts five dollars in the tip jar. He says, if Ben doesn't come back, to, do the Steelers draft a quarterback in twenty twenty one? In twenty twenty one? Well, in I other would, words, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I would say, well. Depends on how the 2020 season goes, but I mean, if the 2020 season goes how the 2019 season goes, then I would say yes, unless something happens where someone steps up and they play much better and then you don't need it. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is, is able to come back. And if he does come back, how effective is he? And those are all questions that they're willing to wait around for. Why? Why? because they paid him a lot of money 
And so they're not really will, you know, I mean, everyone's going to say, I'll pull the plug or this, but they're going to give him every opportunity to prove himself because they paid him that three year extension and they wanted to make sure that they, they get the best bang for their buck, so to speak. So we'll see. Um, Let's hear Reginald. Are the Steelers going to sign Hilton long-term? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. They don't have to. They still, they still have the rights to him, don't they? I'm pretty sure he's the he's a restricted free agent. Um, so they, I'm, I'm just going off memory right now for my life. Right. I'm pretty sure right. he's restricted. So they have to give him a tender. Um, and then based off that tender, what would happen if he signed with another team and how they would be compensated? You know, because you have – you have first round, second round, original round. He wasn't drafted, so there's not an original round. Or, or you have the just the right of first res- refusal, where if you give him that tender, and someone offers him a big deal, you can either say we'll match it, or else you got to say see you, right. but you're not compensated at all. So I think he'll get a tender. I'm not sure what they'll give him as a tender. Uh, I think he had a better year this year than last year. I agree. And I mean, look at, I mean, everyone else on that defense is a third round pick or higher and he's undrafted and he's holding his own and, and doing a great job out there. So it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have him back for next year. And I, I, I think it would be nice to, to sign him to a longer deal to maybe a three-year deal. But I, it, a lot of that, a lot of that depends on, um, probably has to do with Bud Dupree and what's going to happen there. Right. What did they give Finney? Because he's undrafted as well. He got what, like a second or third round tender. I mean, it was a pretty high tender. I think he was a second round tender. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they do something similar with Hilton. Give him a high tender. I'm not signing him to a long term deal. Not this year. Not if I still have his rights um essentially locked up based on the fact that for me, I'm looking at this team and we don't have a lot of cap space as it is. And if we want to maneuver ourselves around in any way, shape, or form, we I don't need to sign Mike Hilton right now. Not when Cameron Sutton's still in the in the fold. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and who knows what Justin Lane's gonna turn into. So um I, I understand that a lot of people will want him around. And I'm not saying I don't like him. I do like Mike Hilton. I like I agree with you. I think he improved dramatically, but from a number standpoint, if you don't need to sign him, you don't have to sign him pretty much basically. Let's hear. Snowman says, will you all do a draft show? (laughs) Yes. Will we we do a draft show? (laughs) (laughs) We will be doing a draft show and some lead up to the draft. Um, I'll have to try to do some digging. It's going to be really difficult this off season with the Steelers. No first round pick. pick. You know, you're, you're looking at, okay, who's going to be available in round two pick 18. Like, Oh my gosh. Like that's, that's not easy to do but we'll we'll do it we're definitely gonna give it a shot and so um my guess is i had i had someone email me and say when is the new breakdown for shows gonna happen if i were to be honest with you all it's gonna be after this season so when the super bowl is done and the season's over that's probably when we're gonna take a look is take a step back and evaluate i sound like mike tomlin Well, you, hey, when you have red paint, you paint your barn red. Um, we're not going to paint with a broad brush. Obviously, you know, our arrow is pointing upwards. We feel like we're trending in the right direction. But again, our availability is based on our practice participation. So keep yeah. that in mind. 
The next man up. <laughs> yes, the standard is the standard. That's that's, <laughs> that's what we gotta say. I feel like I just said a paragraph and nothing but Mike Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell we've watched some press conferences before, Dave? If you have, uh, yeah, we, we've watched one or two this season. <laughs> Seriously, here's a good question. Um, do you guys like tight end Zach Gentry? Because the Steelers are going to have a decision to make with Vance McDonald and their club option, and if they don't like. This Gentry, then that's a problem because you have Nick Vanette, who's going to be a free agent. What are your thoughts on Gentry in the tight end position? Uh, he had one catch for four yards. It Watch was out. it was a first down. It was a third down conversion. Uh, that was his stats for this year. So this was it was a red shirt year. I was there was a guy I wanted the Steelers to take in that spot. And he went just a couple spots right before him. And he ended up being like the all rookie tight end, which, which was Foster Moreau who went to um, the Raiders that the Steelers were just a couple picks away from maybe getting him. But so I'm always going to have a little bit with Gentry and think about what he could have been, but obviously the Steelers, I mean, they kept him on the 53 man roster all season, but they didn't really use him. So it's not even what I think about him. It's, more trying to figure out what they think about him. Yeah, it's it's tough to gauge. Like you said, he didn't play much. Um, our opinion doesn't matter, but the Steelers at tight end are not in a good spot. We'll put it that way, heading into the mm-hmm. offseason. So we'll, we'll see. James says that we sound like we have concussion-like symptoms. I'm not sure what that means, but we appreciate the kind words, and we appreciate you watching. Uh, Ali caught one that we missed. Okay. That the, the we need volunteers, not hostages. No, that is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said, uh, don't, don't you dare blink or I'll cut your eyelids out. Um, who else said another good one? Uh, we didn't blink. It's nice. <laughs> Practice will be our guide. Practice will be our guide. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. I thought this was a good show. We wanted to get on here and give you all some content. We wanted to also break down the wildcard games. We'll be back next week, probably to talk about uh, next week is my favorite weekend of football, the divisional round. You know, there's no more. Most of the time you weed out some of the teams and most of the time, I can't say that's true this year. The, the picks, the, the games are a lot better, but we'll see how things play out. I thought these wildcard games were great, especially the middle two. Um, and he, even the Seattle game wasn't awful. It's just you, you felt like without Wentz, there was the Eagles didn't have much much of a chance. And at least the first game, the Titans, the Texans, and Bills, that game went to overtime. It was exciting. Deshaun Watson pulling the rabbit out of his hat with that oh my God. Uh, escape escape route and hitting the. It, it was incredible. What an incredible that, play. It, it it was, it was. But see here, the reason this weekend coming up is so good is because you get the you get the full slate of games. You get four. Yep. And your best teams are back in. Yeah. Your top four teams weren't playing this weekend. So get, get the best teams back in. There's one game that's a rematch from the regular season. And that is the, the Texans at the chiefs that it happened there. And the Texans went into Kansas city and beat them in the regular season. I think that was week five. It was, they beat them by touchdown. Um, But, but what I think is ironic is the one game that was a rematch was in this weekend was Seattle at Philadelphia and it ended in the exact same score of 17 to nine. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And so now all Steeler nation is going to be rooting hard for the Tennessee Titans. So Tennessee Titans, 
you've got some extra support coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base as they all want to see the, the Baltimore Ravens be one and done in the playoffs. And we'll see if that plays out next weekend. Dave, thanks for your time. Appreciate it as always. If you want to help the show, make sure you like the video, um, subscribe to the channel, set up your notifications so that you don't miss anything tomorrow night, tomorrow, Monday, uh, we'll be back on a regular schedule and Brian, uh, Anthony Davis and Tony Defio will be on for the Steelers hangover. Make sure you check that out and we will see you next week for another Steelers Q and a wrapping up the divisional round. Have a great rest of your weekend and enjoy the week, everyone.